ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dying Time is here. That's right, we're talking Jason X on Kill by Kill. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from outer space. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of Jason X in the hopes that a horny spacefarer's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make about them. And as always, there's only one person I trust to help me attach the nipples that always seem to fall off, the one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? Greetings from Earth 2, Patrick. <laughs> the the yes. incredibly cleverly named Earth 2. Yes, the sequel that we all knew was coming. It doesn't seem to have gotten any better. Uh, maybe Earth 2 is as big of a dud as it was when it aired on NBC all that while out. Long ago. Ooh, sick burn on a killed NBC show. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever the air horn sound is. Sure. Take that, Earth 2 TV series. Now, Earth 2 does not seem to um, have a very... Uh, it, it, it's either hot or cold, or maybe the spaceship is hot and cold, because everyone is wearing knits, but they're cut off at the belly. Yeah, it's as we soon find out... Um, it is 450 years into the future, yet we are still using present slang, and the women are still wearing cropped belly shirts. Man, I, you know, I've, I think I've made a mistake, Gina. Okay. I've praised this film's costuming in the past. <laughs> no. And, and I would like to say, I am not wrong. It is still better than the costuming in part five. It is still better than the costuming in part seven. It, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's better. Yeah, we we should introduce our guest because speaking of part five, I I have to I have to I have something I have to say a, a shocking okay. admission. <laughs> oh no! All righty, well uh, that just lets us know, Gina. I don't want to alarm you, but we are not alone. That is right. Our special guest this week has written for such places as Nerdist.com and Birth Movies Death. Her podcast, The California Diarist, can be found wherever you shop for podcasts. It's the one and only. Christy Admiral. How are you doing, Christy? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Jason X. I'm glad someone is. Yeah, um, I was going to say bless. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christy, what was your first introduction to the Friday the 13th franchise? So, I didn't want to tell either of you off mic because I wanted you to be genuinely shocked by this. I had not seen a Friday the 13th movie until last year. It was the very first one. I went to a one screen theater in Brooklyn for a midnight showing of the original Friday the 13th. This was the perfect setting for it. It was a very old print of it, so it looked very grimy, which is the right way to view that movie. And I fell a little bit in love with the franchise right then and there because it's the best kind of trash and I really, really like it for that reason. Oh, I think we found our new hashtag, <laughs> the right kind of trash. Yeah, our guests just... always bring fire. Yeah, that's that's actually, that's pretty accurate. But I, I what I wanted to say was, and, and Patrick, you and I have talked about this, we've been doing this for almost two years straight. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think it's safe to say that I don't ever want to watch another Friday the 13th movie again. After this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am so fucking burned out on, on this series and, and this particular entry in the series. I, I stand corrected. Now, it, it has become known that Patrick really hates part five. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hate it as much as I hate part five. <laughs> but... This is actually, to me, worse than part five. Because I, I, I will tell you, because they are trying something in this and failing every time. They are trying to be funny and they're trying to be self-aware and self-referential. And, and like the, the scene I'm thinking of is when he comes back to life. Well, we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But there's this, there's, there are so many characters in this and there's just there's even less attention to developing them than there are in previous Friday the 13th movies which as you know if you listen to this podcast that's saying a lot yeah that that there are more characters that are less developed <laughs> and well, when i say the- developed i'm not talking about the cleavage which is frequently on display <laughs> Uh, thank God for that. Now, wh- which do you think is worse, a sin? Trying for something and failing? Or in part five's place, we have not trying for anything and also failing. <laughs> I don't know because there's just so much. And again, to be fair, I, I, I watched this once ages ago. I didn't remember a lot about it. Like, I think my brain told me that David Cronenberg was in it a lot longer than he was. <laughs> and, and and I was very disappointed to see that that's not true. But you know, I only, I, admittedly, I watched the first half hour or so of this, and just, oh, this is just absolute dreck. And and it, they're, they're a little more, you know, it's, it's hard to believe, but they're actually a little more shameless in what they're ripping off this time than than in than Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned to you, to, this to you earlier, Patrick, I had a note that says, it's like aliens, but super shitty. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, no. it's trying real hard to to be aliens. Real hard. Yeah, it lacks a couple of things that Alien has in droves. One is a writer-director who cares intensely. The <laughs> other is plot. The other is characters, um, design, uh, money, time, care, love, <laughs> actors. <laughs> Possibly, I would even throw a script in there. Um, you know, I mean, a, a proper selection of food in the commissary, <laughs> because yeah, all the know. all the women in this are very thin. Yes, they've they've really really worked out in preparation for this. Um, they found the best actors that Canadian television had said <laughs> pass on. Um, some of them would get a yes later on in life, but at this moment in time, they said pass. And I don't know. I, I I'm not going to pass judgment yet. I'm not saying it's good, but it. Well, we really have to weigh it against Jason Goes to Hell in particular. Impossible. Yeah. No, Perfect J- film. Yeah, Jason, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jason Goes to Hell does try things and it succeeds. I don't I don't know what it was trying, but it succeeded. I mean, yeah, I Tinkerbell think... magic is what it tried. That is true. I think we can agree there is a little more character development, at least in the part of assuming that that you already know a character by the name of Creighton Duke before you watch the movie. <laughs> Even well, then, you, you sort of feel like I mean, at least he has a name. I mean, <laughs> I mean, these characters there are like there are like thirty people just bumbling around on this ship, and I don't even know who any of them are. 
Oh, and they have the most ridiculous fucking names on the face of the planet. There's literally a character named Stony. Who is not the stoner. <laughs> I know. I was really, like, that really threw me for a loop. That almost feels self-aware, but I don't think it is. Uh, no, no, I think they just sat down in the wrong chairs and never <laughs> corrected them. There's a, there's a guy in this by the name of Sooneron. That That is a combination of non-names. <laughs> Well, it was. It's all very, and, and they have somebody named um, Azriel, and I think there was someone with some sort of. It's that sort of, you know, you know, we're not really going to take the time to to you know build a, a world lazy science fiction right, writing where it's like it's a it's a little Russian and it's a little Spanish and it's a little you know classical literature and we're just going to kind of throw you know these weird names around and yet people are still saying like oh it's a wake up call or you know hey you know like they're still using modern slang it's odd how very just right before the year 2000 everyone speaks and yet this is Nearly 500 years in the future. Where, where, um, where, where hockey has been outlawed for for reasons that are never explained. <laughs> yeah, li- listen up, listen up, folks. you got about six years left to enjoy hockey because that shit's going away. Yeah, set your watches, people. It's only got six years left on NBC. So, again, NBC. <laughs> pow, pow. NBC just really getting it today. <laughs> Uh, gird your loins, NBC. That's okay. I never wanted to work there again anyway. Um, I do want to work at all their uh, other channels, though. I'm really going to have to think about this. Okay. So, let's get into it. Let's do a quick body count. Who is still left alive at Everyone. this point in the movie? Everyone. Every fucking character who isn't David Cronenberg, who would like it soft, is <laughs> alive. I cannot get that line out of my head, and I'm still not sure whether or not I like it, or I hate it so much that it's the thing that I love. I think, no, I think I hated it enough that it went all the way back around to, you know what, I kind of respect this, so I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, everyone is still left alive, them, all their ridiculous goddamn names. The only person who makes a return from the last episode of this one is Rowan who we learn just a little bit later in uh, this section of the movie, was actually a project manager at the Crystal Lake Research Facility because young horror fans love middle management. (laughs) You want to get behind project managers. They're the best people. They help you meet your deadlines. Yay! <laughs> Why a project manager was trying to convince someone, you know, military people and a, a government scientist don't move Jason Voorhees. Uh, I'll never know how that particular uh, work flow chart works. Yeah, and we've got this this crew of people, and boy, I had a lot of trouble figuring out who these people were and what they were doing. Because they're they're scientists, but they also might be scavengers, but they're but they're also really ripping off the space marines and aliens. But but I mean and right down to there's a Burke. We have a we have a character who reveals himself as the Weasley guy who 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 you know puts on a very trustworthy face but is you know going behind everybody's backs and putting everyone on board in danger with his craven ambition mm-hmm. and uh, and but one thing we do know about this entire crew super horny oh my god <laughs> this 
spaceship stinks of hormones. Everyone has to stick it somewhere or get something stuck in them. They, they don't care what happens so long as they are totes getting laid 24 cents. Um, we're going to get to that. Let's, let's, we have to go in some kind of order. So let's return to the action as we all knew we would. And that is with a bunch of people wearing plastic tunics and they look like they're they, they look like all like, they're all dressed like members of Devo. Yeah, <laughs> they're all in Repo, the genetic opera, breaking <laughs> out in the middle of this fucking movie, flashing flashlights everywhere, looking in every cobwebbed hallway, and we are in the year twenty four forty five. 2455. 2455. Who cares? <laughs> Did my homework, okay? I want to... <laughs> I'll tell you who cares even less about the exact uh, year than me and that is the movie um you can tell that this is the future because the cobwebs are so plentiful and the haircuts are terrible um and everything and, and everything's still really wet there's, a, there's still a lot of moisture a lot of moisture for such a dry barren earth uh and we see them for some reason, find the very basement level of the Crystal Lake Research Facility. How or why, I'll never quite know. I'll, I haven't watched ahead. So maybe it's revealed at some other point. But I find it insane that no one tried that fucking door for 400 years. And this small team has descended into the bowels of the CLRF uh, to discover the frozen remains of Jason Voorhees. Uh, they discover his body inside a cryostasis unit that the robot pegs as being made in 2010. So thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see him authorizing this kind of government expenditure that we get zero uh, benefit from. Do uh, we think the Crystal Lake Research Facility is completely above board, though? I realize it's a government-run operation, but like Cronenberg doesn't seem to have the like the best kind of ethics going on here. I don't know. It didn't seem that it, it seemed shady to me to begin with. It's a little East Coast Area Fifty One going on. There. <laughs> so uh, they all look at Jason inside of this, uh, you know, piece of, of set dressing. Uh, where someone is dropping dry ice foam and, and steam through the entire thing. And they, they're like, Professor, what we learned to be Professor Lowe, is apparently teaching a class. So they're not only scavengers, but they're also learning? It's not, it's, it's again, it's never clear who exactly these people are. And again, and again there's like, there's like, there's like infantry on this ship and, and, you know, there's doctors and there's teachers yeah, it's a real HMO approach to <laughs> learning or fighting aliens or whatever their fucking uh, purpose is. But Professor Lowe gives his supposed class a lot of opportunities to learn, including, what is that? And <laughs> can someone tell me what's on his face? <laughs> oh, slow down, Play-Doh. <laughs> K-M, which is not spelled with just the letters K and M, but actually K-A-Y dash... E.M. Oh, that's because... dumb. Is there, is there some sort of relevance to that name that I'm not getting? or uh, Maybe it comes up later on. It, it just, 
add it to the list of dumb fucking names in this particular movie. I, I cannot believe how stupid the names are here. I, if they're insanely smart, they're way above my pay grade in terms of where I'm able to peg them coming from, but they all just sound dumb. They sound like video game character names. Yes, but without the video game panache of scenes moving forward and fun. No, Asriel is definitely a main character in a big franchise, as I recall, so you're not wrong about this. <laughs> uh, Lowe believes that Jason is, quote-unquote, museum quality, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, that's suck in the future. Th- apparently. That's also something that's strange. Apparently, like four hundred years in the future, we're just going to be you know, you know buying and selling dead bodies to put on display. Yeah, I mean it's fun first of all, <laughs> and it's it's nice to make a profit on something that's a renewable resource. Well, you know, I, I guess at that point, you know, no one's really going to care if you have an original John Wayne Gacy painting. You really just actually need you know, John Wayne Gacy's head in a jar to really impress your friends. <laughs> So it's like it's like some fusion of Futurama and whatever future they're presenting here. I mean, everything that everything that is you know happening in this movie just you know it does not make you look forward to a bright and better future. No, it, 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 it's bleak. We're trading corpses of mass killers. You know the the you know the, the, we have you know, really cool android technology, but the android is obsessed with having nipples. Because you know, this person has nipples. Why can't I? <laughs> it's like yeah, asking the asking the really important questions. I, I see this. This is you know the, the future of artificial intelligence. That's like the fourth <laughs> law of robotics. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, she 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 just wants to you know she just wants to feel attractive. It's every robot yeah. struggles. Just just imagine just imagine go again in comparing it to to aliens. Just imagine if there was a scene with 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 Bishop like this. Just. <laughs> He's just in the bathroom and, and you know, what's his face? Uh, uh, Hicks is in there and Hudson's in there. And you know Hudson's the type just going to whip it out right in front of everybody. He doesn't care. And mm-hmm. Burke just, and, and Bishop just gets you know, very insecure, you know? Why can't I have one of those? What does it mean that I don't have one of those? And, <laughs> and, and you know, this is a really deep moment of, of learning to embrace humanity that, you know, your, your breasts aren't large enough. <laughs> you know? I, I don't even know what the... the, the Take. I mean, we're not. This is an ex machina. We're talking here. Oh, yeah. but what if it were? <laughs> <Great. laughs> uh, yeah, it w- we would have to. Uh, well, first of all, if it were ex machina, that would mean that this film would get a, a shit ton more sexy. That's true. <laughs> Real fast. I thought you were going to make a Jason ex machina uh, oh. before and after joke. <laughs> I was really disappointed because I wanted to get there first, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fortunes flip on this show. <laughs> During this kerfluffle, we meet Azrael. This is a teen slo- uh, stoner slash white dread wearer. His physical comedy consists of getting his frozen, uh, getting a frozen coffee mug attached to his hand, and having Jason machete off his fucking arm. <laughs> yeah, and nobody the, and nobody's really concerned about this. They're like, oh, you, I mean, uh, it's, it's suggested this is something that has happened to him before. No, it's like he's always getting his arm cut off. Classic Asriel right there. Oh my god. If I had a space dime for every time that happened. Also, fuck CGI blood. It is terrible. I might remind everyone that only a few years after this, Farscape would make its debut on the sci-fi channel. And it was 
a billion and a billion and a half times more convincing of every level of space alien and spaceship than this. It is, this is, wow. This makes the cheapest of the Canadian sci-fi TV shows look like fucking Godfather is going on here. (laughs) We also meet... Uh, the aforementioned Sooneron, <laughs> T-S-U-N-E-R-O-N. That is a bunch of letters that do not go together. Someone should be banned for ever writing that down and then hitting enter and walking away from the keyboard <laughs> that named that character. Uh, Sooneron discovers Rowan's body under a bunch of loose wall unit AC tubing. <laughs> Um, which somehow landed on top of her after everything in the room froze. Uh, maybe there was an earthquake in town, or someone did some decorating and just locked the door behind them. I couldn't tell you. Uh, but we learned that her cellular regeneration is at 25%. She's got crystals. and that's. Uh, it all sounds like it's supposed to mean something, but... It, oh, my God. <laughs> There's so much stupid techno babble that flies out of people's pie holes for the next 20 goddamn minutes. I, I mean, not since the Apple. More people said nonsense as if, oh, this is technical information that you need to know. Otherwise, you won't be able to follow the plot of this movie. You could have it on. You could leave the fucking room and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, and they all they all they end up doing is wrapping her in chain mail and then like you know, reheating her like a like a Stouffer's macaroni and cheese meal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, just fantastical uh, physical humor on display here in this scene. Um, they yank him out, um, and we learn that Luke, the pilot of their dropship, is lonely. <laughs> Valuable info. Thank you for letting me know that this man wearing a plastic red cowboy hat is lonely. I never would have put that together with just using context clues. Yeah, and and very excited about a a, a very recently revived frozen corpse being available on his ship. She's single because she's been frozen for nigh half a millennia. We also learn uh, during uh, the space journey that all the spaceships in this movie have really wide butts. <laughs> They're all very round at the end. Yeah, the 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 art design in in this <laughs> in this movie, what what little there is. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a really kind way to put it. Is <laughs> is puzzling at, at at best. They're they're going for something, and what they're going for is if you sit this down on a table, it'll stay there because it's got a nice wide base. <laughs> this is about all I can figure out. That makes it sound um, like it was modeled after a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? That that would be appropriate because this this at least this sequence is just steeped in really repugnant sexuality. Repugnant sexuality may be the theme of this movie up to this point. It is just everyone is super super ready to go to the bone zone with anyone and anything at any time. And I know that that was kind of a theme in Alien. Although they don't say it out loud. It was it really? Comes up in the- I, there was only, I mean, I don't get that impression. I think, I mean, definitely uh, um, 
Vasquez and uh, the one dude were getting it on. Oh no, I'm was... talking about um, Alien, the the '79. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I think I think this is a lot more like the second one, and in, in in like in style and and with the whole Space Marines thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure, I mean, there's sexual tension, but I mean, these people are like pretty much just like humping out in the open. I think Alien Covenant, if we're counting that as canonical, has a lot more of the similar kind of horniness that we see here. Yeah, but they're already like they're like married. It's different though because they're like married couples, and I think that the I think that the idea is they're supposed to you know the idea is they're going to go to this planet and procreate. I mean that was the that was that was the impression that I got. No spoiler spoiler alert for Alien Covenant. I guess there is a completely out of nowhere shower sex scene. Between oh yeah, two yeah, yeah. Who have never that. spoken. That's true. You're you're right. Right. And, and and you know, after the horror of losing uh, uh you, know, you know most of their crew and their you know and also their friends well time to fuck that is the only way to mourn <laughs> it occupies your time and then you you're having a physical activity you're getting your heart rate up and when you're fucking the shower you're getting clean and also not conducive to love making because water does not help you uh, with lubrication, we have discussed this on the show before. <laughs> this is the second time I've talked about how shower sex is not fun because it gets too dry, which is weird. Aren't you glad you asked me to be on this show so I could bring you back around to this subject? No, fine. I think people have waited long enough. It's, <laughs> this is, this, it's, yeah, this show, this show is getting progressively more X-rated as it goes, as it goes along. My, my show is family-friendly, so it's pretty <laughs> exciting to be able to say things like, fuck on Mike, so I'm really excited. <laughs> um, we meet uh, some space uh, marines. Uh, you can tell that they're space marines because they uh, have... Uh, very tiny uh, t-shirts and none of them are wearing a uniform. They're all just wearing shades of green. <laughs> and, and, you know, and again, like aliens, they have a, a, a no-nonsense black guy you know, who just he has barks zero or- nonsense. Who just barks orders at everybody. Oh my god, this movie is so ugly in so many ways. It really, really is. I, you know, the, listen, I'm not talking about the cast members necessarily. I, I mean, just aesthetically... There are some problems with how things look. It's it's too blue by half. Yeah, there's a. I mean, that was kind of a thing of that era, right? Like, there's kind of a blue cast over everything. It reminds yes. me very much of that era of sci-fi television. It's weird and kind of disquieting. Yeah, uh, I, just, I, I just sort of feel. I mean, is it supposed to put like kind of like a kind of grimy cast on everything? Because definitely, I would say in the '90s was when we began embracing. Now, I would say '80s because it's probably around the time of uh, the Terminator probably started it, where the future was just going to be really cruddy. You know, yeah, no, that's... we we moved away from everything being like super shiny and and you know really cool technology like you know like like uh, transport beams. Now everything was just you know big lumbering transport <laughs> vehicles and everything was just covered in dirt and and there were like you know uh, people had like you know scars and boils and it's just like oh I guess the future isn't so bright anymore. I mean, were they wrong? Well, no, no. I mean, you know, I guess I'm not going to wear shades. I'm going to be wearing some sort of, you know, anti-radiation poncho or something. Or a sweater, oh. like a lot of knits or yeah, red plastic cowboy hat. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I, that's not a that's not a suitable feature, future for me though, because I cannot pull off wearing a belly shirt. 
Nor can I. It won't. It <laughs> won't I? matter because they will uh, put uh, silver ants all over you, and they will tone you up right quick. Um, uh, Professor Lowe is wearing what appears to be some sort of three D version of a Freddy Krueger sweater, <laughs> which I found odd. Um, it has very high parts and very low part. Um, it's just very interesting knits. It's like the uh, the entire movie was transported off of a, a, a tour stop of Lollapalooza and they just piled them into a spaceship. <laughs> I would watch that movie though. Uh, you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the, this is like the worst case scenario of that movie. <laughs> I hate to tell you, this is the worst case scenario. <laughs> um, we also meet Janessa, who's the resident Sarcasmotron. <laughs> that is almost a name, by the way. <laughs> it's, I'm surprised. Uh, she's uh, convinced that Sooneron is fucking his robot, and she's right. I'm pretty sure she's right. Um, the- I, I think I think that he wants to, but he's not quite there yet. Wait, he wants to get to know her better? I mean, what the <laughs> fuck is he waiting for? Well, I mean, you know, she is a robot. Although, who who knows, you know, how far into, you know, into robot technology we, we are at this point. I mean, I, again, I don't remember m- much about this movie. I get that he's supposed to be maybe possibly the good guy. Uh, or he might be dead soon. I don't know. But, but Janessa, I... This is one of those signature Friday 13th characters that I can't, this character cannot die fast enough. (laughs) I I hate to break it to you, but you're going to have to wait a good long while before she finally gets it. She is going to be launching off one-liners left and right. Uh, yeah, when she when when um, the professor brings in Rowan, she just starts talking in this voice. Where she's like shouting, <laughs> and, then I, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the the takeaway for the audience is that they're supposed to find this funny, and everybody's just standing around like, "Well, there she goes again." I mean, can you imagine being stuck on a on a spaceship for an indeterminate amount of time with this person, and yet she's just hitting on people left and right? Her and the professor get together for the other horrible sex scene during the sequence. <laughs> That's I like that you have to use the descriptor of the other. Like there, well, I mean, not, not other, down just one, but two of these. Well, yeah, the, the, that one is that one is bad mostly because it is written by someone who who does not have an understanding, except in the most basic terms, of how BDSM relationships work. So it's 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 very jokey and and oh look oh and he's wearing ladies on lingerie too. That's funny, and she's like pinching his nipple with a clamp <laughs> and then it's like what do what do people with the uh, who are into that that s&m stuff do what uh well they you know, the men probably wear like ladies underwear or something okay let's go with that it's like it's like no that's that's two different things and you know <laughs> yeah he's wearing a, a, a very mo- a very modern <laughs> Like yes. something you buy from Fredericks of Hollywood 1989 like you know purple like teddy late lace teddy thing so given that this is twenty four like or twenty four fifty five, is that an like an antique at that point? Is that vintage? I would say so. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe just making sure. Maybe maybe he swapped it for you know another dead body from you know, <laughs> the 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 dead body vendor he talks to. Everyone's outfit looks like a half completed purse was break <laughs> broken apart and strapped to their body. 
I've never seen as much of someone's back while they were wearing a sweater before as in this movie. Yes. I can't think that's a very comfortable shirt to sit down in because there's huge metal pieces across your midsection. And then it ties at the top. And oh, my God, this is nutty. We also meet uh, Adrian. Adrian Adrian is dressed like an American gladiator. (laughs) (laughs) She looks like she's going to take you down when you guys meet in the ball pit. (laughs) (laughs) American gladiator. I don't remember. She is wearing not one but two revealing sweaters um, because one would not be good enough. She also has the vague appearance of being a lion walking around on two legs (laughs) and very tight pants. She's a scientist of some kind, and she becomes very annoyed when she has two undergraduates help her in the lab with Jason. And the reason is they want to bone right next to a dead, frozen body that cannot smell good. Because he never did. And I can't imagine adding half a millennia onto it has made it better. What is this? Have like you ever a... smelled like ice cubes that have been sitting in a freezer for <laughs> long? Is this maybe the third or fourth time when there there have been people who are pretty okay with having sex next to a dead body in this in yes. this in this series? It can't only be the third or fourth time. It seems like that happens a lot. Well, certainly in part four, the coroner there was really, really into having sex in a dead body. <laughs> To the point where that seems to have been a thing for him. Yeah, I mean, the way these two are carrying on, this this is like like erotic to them that they found this hulking shell of a a humanoid just, you know, (laughs) frozen like a fish stick for 400 years. They're like, oh yeah, baby. And, And it's just... And then, you know, she sends him away and then we get... So she's trying to defrost him and so, what does this mean? This means Jason is oozing again. Fluids yeah, again. everywhere. I, I, I really, really wish that the next series we cover could involve mummies. Because <laughs> I, I, need something, I need something a little drier. Because I, I am tired of seeing Jason's corpse just running with brown and black fluids. And just dripping. Everything's dripping. There's something constantly running. And it's just, and, it, and I'm watching it with headphones, and it's just like, <laughs> and it's just, everything's just goopy and terrible, and I'm just like, ah, is there a cons- <laughs> is there consistency of goop color or consistency? I suppose in 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 in, 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 in Jason goes to hell. It was definitely all black. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I recall that. In here, it's kind of a a, a fetid maple syrup color. In in eight, it was more of a lake silt. We we often referred to him <laughs> as a, a walking fish toilet for a reason, because he looked like he was full of the stuff. In, in seven, it was kind of a little you know pinkish. He he was still you know slightly mostly human. So, so what you're telling me this is just a there's a wide variety of colors that Jason uses and you get to be subject to them all. Yeah. He's the Benetton of oozes. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so it's just continuous. He, he's like a, he's like a sentient running sore. And and I've had enough. <laughs> I I've I've had enough. I, I, I need a break from these movies. I need something dry. Um I don't know that that's gonna happen anytime soon, but uh, we're we're near the end. Like we only have two more after this, and one of them we're not going to see for two years. So, 
like we're we're in the home stretch here, Gina. <laughs> Hold strong, <laughs> tiny dancer. <laughs> um, during this revivification, I don't know. They're they're trying to wake this frozen icicle person up. <laughs> And they keep saying stuff like decrystallization and glycinol levels and membranes. Like, are they try? Are they trying to? Are they trying to talk about when they're bringing Rowan back? When they're bringing? Are they trying to bring Jason back? Because she like dead ass plucks his eyeball out, which is definitely no. not. Which is definitely not something you do to someone to someone you're trying to bring back to life. No, she's just <laughs> supposed to be dissecting him. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So we're talking about science. Men. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's just plucking things out and. And, and checking out how things go. He's just out there like the ice cream you're trying to soften up before you get a big scoop out of it. Oh, But the other group were all trying to revive Rowan and reattach Azrael's arm again. Um, oh, Azrael. This is when we learn that one guy is named Waylander. Sure. Because mm. names mean nothing in the future. And then... We see that Sooneron is wearing a tunic made out of the carpet that you find at a Panera Bread. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a beautifully specific description. <laughs> yeah. That's, it, he's wearing a mustard fucking t-shirt underneath this because this movie hates my eyeballs. <laughs> at one point, Waylander's very excited to cut off Rowan's underwear. And he's head off the pass uh, by uh, Janissa. Oh, Janissa. What? Why can't people just be named Frank? Where are the Tinas in this fucker? And, she, and she's trying to flirt with the professor in a really, in a really obvious, yeah, but specifically with him in a really obvious way. Like, I live to serve and it's my pleasure, professor. And it's like, I'm just sitting here like, like. You know that emoji is just like the like the three straight lines for his eyes and his mouth. That, that, that's just me watching. <laughs> Just watching this movie. Because, I again, I don't know if they're trying to be serious or if they're trying to satirize themselves. Because none of it is done well. It, it's it's not clever. But it, it but it's like, is this some sort of, is this, is this meta? Are we, are we, are we meta by this point? This is post-Scream, so there's definitely some meta being injected into this. Because, as always... After a certain point, Friday the 13th became reactive to whatever else was doing well in the marketplace. So now post-Scream, they're like, well, now we have to be funny on purpose. We just can't be terrible and people laugh at it. Yeah, it, but this does have a sense of, like, I think it has more of a sense of self-seriousness about it at the same time, which doesn't really mix well with the trying to be meta, trying to be cute and funny, and have these, like, weird tossed-off one-liners that are just really uncomfortable for the most part. They are, because it's like, it's like, are you satirizing how, you know, how all these horny teenagers are? But like, yeah, but none of these people are teenagers. Right. You know, you know, and it's like, and it's just, it's, it gets very... It, again, it's not if you if you have to do, you know, the best thing about the, the important thing about satire or parody is you have to be subtle, and and this isn't subtle at all. <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> not even the not even the slightest. No, it can barely handle basic assignments. For example, when we get a locked off shot of someone cutting off Rowan's underwear, because otherwise, how would we know that how they got her underwear off? You can see the person whose body double it is breathing. <laughs> She's frozen. She can't be breathing. 
but no, they can't even fucking handle that one. Um, Azrael's super stoned, and he has terrible hair. I This is the worst haircut in any Friday the 13th. Hands fucking down. It can't even decide what it wants to do. There are random dreads. There's a whole section that just cascades down to his ass like he's Cher. <laughs> he looks like he looks like um the feral kid from the road warrior that's who yes. he, that's who he, that's that. who that's yeah. who he reminded me of you know what the feral kid though is useful <laughs> and, does things. and he doesn't talk which is the which is no. which is the best part yes he, that in fact if Ezreal could pick that up that habit of not talking that would be dandy. It would be neat if there were more characters who picked up that habit in this movie. Maybe Absolutely. Just like a few. Yeah. If it turned into some sort of like German, is it? Did it turned into some sort of German art film where no one speaks, <laughs> or they just pantomime everything. I would be one hundred percent much more into this movie. He's dressed like a fucking lost boy. One of his armbands has just random green beans hanging off of it. I don't even know. <laughs> And then his t-shirt has a 13 on the back of it because we're meta, I guess. <laughs> or they weren't even fucking paying attention. I can't tell you which. Uh, in the meantime, Professor Lowe has gone back to his quarters and he's going to make a space call to someone who's sleeping in a drawer. <laughs> Some sort of like Harry Dean Stanton-esque grizzled old man. Yes. Wasn't there a Seinfeld episode where Japanese businessmen were sleeping in someone's chest of drawers? It was Kramer's, yeah. He yeah. rented he rented it out as basically like a four person sublet. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Ah, this movie's gonna drive me insane. <laughs> it already has. I would argue. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what this dude's name is. Uh, I don't even remember. Look. I don't remember if he's even seen again. It's it just it's oh. just setting up as it's it's setting the professor up as the as as the Burke character or 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 you know or or Ash so the 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 character that's going to sell everybody out because you know not because you know we should study it but we can make money off of it right and this is his financial backer i guess this guy the man who will help him with the transaction of a a very old human body <laughs> yes because they made space calls and aliens apparently we need to spa- make space calls here but the <laughs> the weirdest part about this for me is a he tries to sell rowan off like people will pay you know line up around the space block to see this person who's almost 500 years old and he's like not really uh, who cares? And he's like, well, there's this other body, uh, you know, something Jason. And he's like, Jason Voorhees? <laughs> Hold the fucking phone! <laughs> you mean tell me that other characters in other movies are all like, Jason Voorhees? That's a legend. But 455 <laughs> years in the fucking future, they're like, oh yeah, everyone knows Jason Voorhees. He killed over 200 people. Like, they learned it in a textbook. <laughs> A space textbook. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be prefacing everything with the word space going forward I, for the rest of this, aren't we? Oh, this is going to be the new, you don't have to tell me that they're not teenagers anymore, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, yeah, we get the space joke, dude. <laughs> All right. 
we're gonna blow it out all here, and hopefully I won't bring it up again. But nope, I, I just it's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> but yeah, there's no legend tells BS. Like everyone fucking knows who Jason Voorhees is. Just wanted like uh, we went down to Earth and we found a guy named Jason. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> As if the legend of Jason. De- De- oh fuck. I fucked that up. God damn it. What is the the, the singer's name? Jason Del... Jason Derulo? Derulo. God damn it! <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> ah, fuck it. it. The fuck up's better than the joke. Um, Showing him how the sausage is made once again. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, uh, Lion Lady of Two Sweaters is yanking out junk out of Jason Voorhees left and right and just... Holding it up to her face is like, wow. And kind of not looking at it. <laughs> she holds, she pulls up what is part of an eyeball. I can't really tell. It's just, it's a mound of jelly on the end of some tiny forceps. And she's kind of looking at it, but also kind of looking at the director who's just out of eye. <laughs> waiting for him to call cut. She's kind of into it and kind of not. Would like to hit the craft services table. Just anything other than being on set for this section of the film. Have you, uh, are either of you very familiar with the X-Files? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, there's an episode where Scully does the most listless autopsy ever. And it's played for laughs there. And it's kind of like this, but good. That's what, <laughs> that was what I thought of anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, uh, it's the actress trying to look like she, like she's very intensely into yeah, what she's right. doing. Yeah, right. So, so intense that she cannot hear someone get up, sit up on a table and get off <laughs> on the floor. Even though before she could hear like a drop of water and she would turn like, what, what was that? But you know, she, she could hear that. But can't hear like a a four hundred pound monster. Yeah, I was gonna say not just somebody, like someone massive who who dwarfs her. Yeah, seems to be much wider than he was in the previous film. Yeah, like he is, he can barely fit through those hallways, (laughs) and they're giant round hallways. But he takes up all of the available space. Oh God, I'm so I'm, I'm so burned half on these <laughs> oh my god i i i didn't i didn't think we were going to be doing the 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 reboot the one that came out 2009 oh shit and, that one's so bad i yeah and he mentioned it, i'm like fuck <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought i thought i was done after this i i caught that on tv really recently that see that is one where a lot of the cast, not a lot, but like some of the cast went on to do well, yeah, long term like, projects. Like, isn't Jared Padalecki in that movie? Yeah, yeah, he is. And and but just like I, I, I've never, I've never actually seen it. Oh, and, it's oh, oh yeah. I'm oh, oh, I, so I, I sorry. I, I know. I'm I'm preparing myself, but I was like, fuck. I thought I, was, I thought it was free after this. <laughs> I mean, we are gonna we are gonna come back to to Freddy versus Jason. But not until after we go through all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So it's going to be a while. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason is... Okay. It's, it's not it's, good. It's, but it's kind of 
fun in its terribleness. It's 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 reasonably entertaining, which is right. more than I can say for this. Yeah, and, and and I'm not expecting the the reboot to be entertaining. I'm just going to be expecting it to be a slog. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I am just I am so burned out on these movies. Understood. Not not not, not you know not slasher movies or horror movies in general. Just just this, just yeah. this particular series. Yeah. No, I had. I mean, like when I wrote. When I wrote the thing about Jason Goes to Hell, I was doing a ton of research, like way more than I needed to. And I did not realize how bad Five was. Like the, the oh, critical yeah. review for Five is incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, 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 it is god awful. And, and I, I mean, I do actually think that this one might be worse, though. Again, because they're trying to be meta. And it's, and it's, and it's just, it's, it's not working at all. <laughs> Do you think it was hard for every other franchise after Scream came out, though, when they were like, oh, shit, they've they've both brought this into the mainstream and it's a good movie. Like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to think that that was particularly even even with the other ones in the series. I think that that was probably lightning in a bottle where we're oh, yeah. just, just that perfect tone of, you know, where it was it was funny, but it was still kind of a little scary. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was nice and gory, but not too over the top. And you know you you reasonably like the characters and and you know but it, but it was again very self aware obviously yeah. but but yeah I yeah, definitely a lot of you know, movies in the series you know they were already you know they were already established we're trying that and just it was just mm-hmm. not working at all <laughs> like when we were were coming up on the 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 the, the scene the what what apparently you. Know, wakes jason from his slumber which is the which is like i feel like that could have been a kind of funny joke but at that point i was just like you've already you've already lost you use up so much goodwill at this point i have no laughs to spare for you in this scene well i i assume what wakes jason up is the combined vibes of everyone's fuck style yes that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is are are we just gonna go right into that or do you want to yeah, kind of uh, yeah i yeah i i just didn't want to interrupt you too because i was enjoying listening to you i yes i think what wakes him up is the combined force of several uh members of this student scavenger knit model team uh all going to bone zone on each other and he's like Oh, uh, he likes his his nipple clamped, and oh, um, he's very bad at oral sex. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> everyone has their thing. Yeah, yeah I, I I thought for a second because it kept kind of cutting back to Stony and whatever the hell's girlfriend's name was. Um, you know, they're starting to get into it, and then you know they're cutting back to you know clearly Jason is starting to revive himself. I'm like, oh, this is one of those arty scenes that you see sometimes in 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 horror movies where they intercut. But, you know, a sexual scene with a scene of violence and it's like oh well all right i guess they're doing that then it's like but then like he just sits up like what is someone fucking near me <laughs> i mean he just like sits up like <gasps> like he's just woken up from a 400 long year nightmare before we get to that sequence however uh we'll double back let's just talk very quickly about rowan's uh, her resurrection, I suppose. She's uh, wearing a chainmail blanket. I would say it's uh, which... more of a chainmail towel. Yes, but it barely covers anything. It, it's 
I guess perhaps by design, somehow in the midst of the CGI ants repairing her body, <laughs> they've also applied eye makeup and lip gloss. Well, yeah, of course they have. Uh, maybe that's how people put on makeup in the future. How the fuck would I know? <laughs> um, that chainmail towel does not seem very comfortable. And a bunch of people just hover around her and her wet hair. And she's like covering herself. She's just woken up after almost 500 years. And they're like, hey, um, let's have a five minute conversation, you and I. Let her, you know get into the world a little more gently than 15 people hovering around <laughs> you while you're naked holding the flimsiest of chainmail towels to your bosoms. Well, you know, she she kind of takes the news that she's, uh, you know, been launched 450 years into the future pretty well. Or just forgot to act for that scene? Yeah, I, I, I would say either, either way. She just seems sort of momentarily confused. Just a little blasé about the whole thing. She just is more concerned looking around the room like, oh my god, there are so many blue lights here. <laughs> and everyone's looking at her like she is drooling the entire time. Yeah, it's just... Uh, if they were going for us having empathy for her, mission not accomplished. And if they were going for... It's certainly not comedic. I mean, the scene had to happen. Someone has to tell her. That she's been asleep for 500 years, but it also doesn't have to be as meh as that. Yeah, it's very like, oh, well, I guess, you know, she has to find out some way. Oh, shit, let me write this down in the back of this bank deposit envelope. <laughs> that, that that appears to be as much care that went into to to that scene. Yeah, whereas, again, I, 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 I hate to keep coming back to Aliens, but, but the, the, you know, the, the director's cut... You find out that she had a child, and that the child is now a. a, a did she was she elderly, or had she just? She, well, she had died at some point, right? That the the the, the child would have been dead. Yeah, and just dead. yeah, she and how she is struggling with this, and you know, and having left everybody behind. This this you know, whereas Rowan's like, well, I hope I remember to turn my iron off. You know, <laughs> just like you know, all right. Well, I guess this is something I can learn to deal with. Yeah, like, uh, well, I guess I don't have to worry about that student loan payment. <laughs> it is interesting to me how this series, there's all, like, the director's cut consistently gives this huge backstory for a character that you don't really care about the backstory anyway, and it's just kind of completely excised from the final product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, both, you both sound like you love that about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about love, just learn to accept, I suppose. <laughs> grudging acceptance um the graphics during the space skype call are <laughs> crazy no one would want this much junk flying around while you're having a fucking phone call it looks like you have two screens up and one's doing candy crush while you're <laughs> it's, it's like it's like they're on the it's like they're on the weather channel website <laughs> at what point do you think low told janisa listen Let's have sex, but I want you to bring in the medical forceps and just attach them to my nipple and yank on it. Only the left Don't one, take apparently. take your underwear off because we won't be having real sex. You'll just be sitting on top of my hips with your underwear on and trying to take my nipple off like it's the top of uh, a, a Corona bottle. <laughs> 
while I'm, while I'm wearing some sort of 500-year-old chintzy, you know, 1987 era Playboy model lingerie. It's just a um, very specific set of kinks at work here. Yeah, and, and like I said, it is it is written. It is a scene written by somebody who does not understand how that kind of thing <laughs> works, and and might be a little bit mocking of it. Which which you know, it's like, all right, I, I guess if that's something that you feel needs to be made fun of in this movie, I don't know why. It's not really relevant, but okay. During the scene, she has a completely different hairstyle. Like she's <laughs> she has some sort of you know very buttoned up princess leia do and she's now wearing vinyl out of like she wasn't wearing that underneath that other getup, so it's not like she wandered into frame wearing this maybe maybe i'm just confused about sex do i know how (laughs) sex works maybe i've maybe you just maybe you just need somebody to just clamp onto your your left nipple and just yank until you scream all right. Well, you know, anything for science. <laughs> I'm not yucking anyone's yum. I just don't understand how it works for gratification within the circumstances of this film. So let's cut to this sequence where Jason is steaming under the hot studio lights uh, with a fucking rainbow lamp on his face for no particular reason. A scientist is looking at a portion of his eyeball under a microscope to see how that works, I guess. And the combined sexual energy of a guy unable to attach nipples to a sex robot and two people uh, grinding on each other with forceps and then kind of just a sad hetero hookup um, (laughs) on top of it is enough combined... Uh, fuck style energy to raise Jason from the literal death. <laughs> yeah, this, this blistering sexual chemistry that's just going about in this uh, in this science compound. Every, everything's oozing caramel out of Jason. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a he's like an uh, you know one of those caramel apple factories. Uh, <laughs> He, he's, he's like he's like a rotisserie chicken that someone just covered in soy sauce. There's just so much, so much just withered flesh. <laughs> just, just, just you know, it's so. Why is it so moist? <laughs> he should not be moist anymore. And yeah, here we are. Crazy enough, though, when you get a close up of his hand covered in ice. His 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 uh his manicure is practically perfect. <laughs> I, I just don't think that someone took the time while he was chained up like that to go, let's give those nails a second look. Do you think that was an artistic choice on Kane Hodder's part? I think no one thought the camera would land on <laughs> You know, I, I, I want to put out a call for, for fan art. We've gotten some really good fan art in the past. I really want somebody to recreate that scene from uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's giving the monster a manicure, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just have just have it be Jason instead of the big orange monster. <laughs> His cuticles are delightful right now. They're so happy. Everything's very trimmed. He's wearing weightlifting gloves because, of course, he is. He's Jason Voorhees. Uh, he's also wearing this tattered leather poncho. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
I'm, I am so regret. Never let me speak out of turn about a future movie that I haven't watched in a while. Because it is obvious that I know nothing of what I'm fucking talking about when I said that this was costumed well. (laughs) Waylander is wearing a sweater that has a leopard stripe in it. Just a random leopard stripe out of nowhere. And so, what is this lady's name? Adrian. Adrian, (laughs) Oh, God. So Adrian uh, does not notice when Jason sits up with all the combined pheromones swimming about this spaceship. And she gets grabbed by Jason and they tussle for a little bit. And he finally drags her over to what looks like a sink that you might buy at a Lowe's. Which happens to be full of some sort of... What is this? Is it liquid nitrogen? It's liquid liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That may, that makes sense. I just decided not to care in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> um, a sink full of liquid nitrogen, and after some amount of struggle, shoves her head into it. Her head, her face immediately scre- uh, freezes in mid-scream. He picks her up, looks at it, and smashes her icicle face into the uh, cabinetry and shoves her body to the ground. And that's it, and, man. And that's and that's it, everybody. That is the most interesting death in the whole movie. No, it's it's all downhill from here. That is as good as this movie is going to get. That is probably maybe a top ten death in all of the franchise yeah. where people talk about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they they really just they just you know just shot their wad creatively on this <laughs> one. This one murder scene, this one death scene, everything else like yeah, whatever. We'll just we yeah. just half ass it. Seems I was just really disappointed after this because in a different movie or in a version of this movie that had cut mm, 15, 20 minutes of everything that happened before it, I would have loved this. Like this is really yeah. good for for that thirty seconds. This is this is delightful. Yeah, you watch it and you think, oh, okay, this is this is this makes it worthwhile, and then it's like, well, back to the bullshit again. <laughs> When you're not worried constantly about why there are all these brass fixtures in this science lab that's bathed in blue steel, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's 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 delightful. It's great. It's inventive. Like they had never done anything like this specific sort of face violence before. <laughs> so, congrats to it. It's successfully achieved. I I, I think it's you know. I don't know, how much praise do I have to heap upon this one death scene? No more than you already have, I think. Bought and sold. (laughs) And so, because we did like 15 fucking death scenes in the previous episode, we're just going to fucking stop here. Because if we went to the next death, we'd be talking for another hour and a half. So much happens in between. So what we're going to do is generally at this moment in time, we would choose your own death venture, but we've only had one death. So why not a fate worse than death? If you guys had to choose one death or fate worse than death from the section of the movie that we've seen, which one would you choose and why? Would you rather have your face shoved into... What is the name of this chemical mixture again? Liquid nitrogen. Fuck, I'm never going to remember this. Liquid nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have your face shoved into liquid nitrogen and then smashed into a countertop uh, that someone bought from Home Depot? <laughs> or 
would you like to wander around with Azrael's hair? I, I'm telling you, you would not be able to take it off. I'm not talking about the rest of this movie. I'm talking about Azrael's hair for the rest of your life. When someone tries to cut it off, their scissors break. <laughs> when someone approaches you with clippers, it electrocutes not only the person holding the clippers, but everyone around them. Your hair is permanent. From this moment on, it can never be styled. It can never change. You're stuck with Azrael's terrible white boy dread look for the rest of your human existence. And I turn to you, Christy, as our guest first for your answer. Liquid nitrogen face. No question. Correct. Yes. Correct answer. <laughs> Nailed it in one. Like, uh... I've had bad. I've had a bad haircut before, and I've had like I've been around liquid nitrogen before, and I know which one I prefer. Uh, at one point in high school, I had a haircut that I chose because it looked really good with the Domino's painter hat that I <laughs> got at a parade. Sure, <laughs> we've all been there. I chose a specific hairstyle that looked good. Under a hat. A free hat. A free hat. I got at a parade. Wait, was it like tossed to you from like a float? Yes, it was tossed. (laughs) Not handed, but like, oh, you're the king of the parade now, Mr. Hamilton. Here's your Domino's painter's hat. No, this was tossed willy-nilly, and I happened to be in the right... Like, I didn't go for the Jolly Rancher. I went for this hat. You were the line of the hat cannon. (laughs) The fates allowed it, and I said, Oh, uh, uh, I'm interested in in girls being interested in me. Why don't I find a way to repel them with this (laughs) And it works. It worked like gangbusters. All right, Gina, uh, what say you? Uh, ooh, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking I could get like one of those kind of jaunty, you know, hats that people stuff their their dreadlocks under. Hats catch on fire when they touch. Oh, oh, oh Gina, man, you didn't give that to... caveat before. <laughs> oh, listen, every listen, you have to wear the hair. The hair is what you are doomed to. You you either die frozen face style. Or live with this hair for everyone to see until you're put in the ground, preferably upside down, so the hair won't rise from the ground. I was gonna say, will like will like burst out of the ground and like just grow this horrible gnarled tree over my over my grave. Yes, that's that's actually because that's kind of cool. <laughs> but on the other hand, I will be too dead to notice. So two for two. I I'm going to have to take the the uh, liquid nitrogen in the face winner look i would take liquid nitrogen in the face uh hands down over over that haircut that is a fucking nightmare uh that seems to have wandered out of the woods and attached itself to this young canadian's dome <laughs> it is terrible in every way shape or form freeze my face yo uh so that just about does it hey chrissy 
where can people uh, read or listen uh, more about you? Uh, probably the easiest way to do that is to go to my Twitter, which is just twitter.com slash Admiral Christie. Christie spelled like Christ with a Y. Admiral spelled like Admiral. And I also have a Contently page where I collect some of the writing I've done lately for Nerdist and Birth Movies Def, as mentioned, and also Vice and a couple other places. And that's christyadmiral.contently.com, which you can get Excellent. to from Twitter, because Twitter is basically where I live on the internet. Do it today, people. All right, Gina, uh, where can people uh, read and, and hear and listen more uh, about you? I I write about old television and movies and pop culture at GinaRadcliffe.com. And I am on Twitter at Porcelain72. Excellent. All right, people, uh, you know, the drill. You want to reach out to us? There's a couple ways you can do it. Uh, we're on Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod, Instagram, Kill by Kill Podcast. We have the Facebook page and group. Come join the conversation. You have something longer to say to us uh, than 280 characters? Seems insane, but okay. Email us at uh, killbykillpod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we don't ask for much here. It's a free podcast. So if you can, you know, help other people find us, that would be great. We've grown by leaps and bounds this year, and we would like to continue that trend. But the one place that just has not uh, done anything yet is in iTunes. <laughs> we seem to have remained stagnant. We've grown our audience by twice as much, but our iTunes uh, uh, reviews remain the same. So if you could take time, if you have uh, Apple Podcasts, Please rate and review us. We greatly appreciate it. If you tell us what your favorite uh, kill is in the Friday the 13th franchise or any of the films we've covered, we'll talk about it here on the air. That's our solemn promise to you, the Kill by Kill listener. And that just about does it. So until next time, when we travel even further into the depths of stupid space, <laughs> uh, for myself and for Gina and for Kirsty. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.